are elite. For everything you need to know about Mercedes Monet's AEW debut, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. The breakdown from the WWE's quarter one investors call coming up in a second. Plus, plans from 2K for a new WWE game. Plus, which superstar wants to say, screw you, WWE? Find out at the very end. For Friday, April 24th, 2020, this is your Cultaholic Wrestling News. Hello, and welcome to the webcast entitled WWE First Quarter Earnings. We have just a few announcements before we begin. If you're listening through a phone line, you may ask a question verbally by pressing star then one on your touchtone phone. If you wish to be removed from the queue, please press star two. Today's call is being recorded. I will now turn the call over to Michael White, SVP, Financial Planning and Investor Relations. Okay, so the WWE HQ hold music may or may not be an 8-bit version of the one Billy Guns theme. I may have added that in. I may not. I'll leave that for you to decide. But WWE did indeed, as you heard, the beginning of their hold, their quarter one conference call. We've got a breakdown of the stuff that came out of that conference call. A lot of facts and figures throughout all of this. Uh, so we'll try and keep it brief and we'll, we'll linger on the stuff that's interesting. 60% year-on-year net revenue growth for WWE. They are now $291 million with an average WWE network paid subscribers hovering at around 1.5 million. Uh, operating income for the WWE, as reported at quarter one, $53.3 million, which is up from the prior year's quarters, $6.8 million down. Uh, network subscribers peaking at $2.1 million. This obviously peaked around WrestleMania weekend. The most weekend subscribers in the company's history around WrestleMania weekend. Uh, Raw ratings down 16% year on year, but SmackDown ratings are up 16% year on year. The average paid network subs down to 1.4 million a year over 1.58 in 2019. Uh, Paid domestic down a bit, down back a bit as well, 1.5 compared to uh, 1.05 compared to last year's 1.1. Average live event attendance up. Uh, but th- that's that's a that's a play on averages, really. There was just 42 events in the quarter due to the coronavirus outbreak, so it means that comparatively the number goes up. Uh, they held 91 worldwide shows in quarter one last year, so as a result of that, compared to just those numbers, 
the numbers are up. Live event revenue did decline as expected. $17.5 million is what it's at now compared to last year's 26.2. Year on year, uh, it's back uh $10 million almost. Consumer products declined to $16.9 million. Uh, it's down from $20.8 million prior year. Uh, they also addressed some of the changes they've had to make to the company as a result of COVID-19. Uh, a lot of stuff that we've talked about, the main one being, of course, the, the layoffs from on-air staff, on-air on personalities to uh, backstage staff, mass layoffs there that we talked about a lot last week. Uh, they also offset a loss of ticket and merchandise sales by reducing operating events. And they've also introduced a new model for generating content, which they talk about a little bit as we go through this. Uh, WWE really were happy with the the the, the off the outside of the ring activity uh, from WWE TV. And they're looking to create more mini movies like they did at WrestleMania. Stuff like the Boneyard match. And the Firefly Funhouse match. If you loved them, you are in for a treat over the next few months because we are getting more. I think this money in the bank, climbing the corporate ladder affair that we've got in a couple of weeks' time, maybe the most ambitious thing they have done today. I think we're going to get basically die hard in a, in a wrestling capacity. Vince McMahon says he doesn't know if the company will be in the live event business as they were before. Uh, he says they're going to be more content orientated. He uh, quotes, it's not a problem. It's an opportunity. He later wondered about if arenas would charge less in rent uh, due to expected lower turnouts. So that would mean lower ticket prices. Uh, so Vince McMahon is on the board at the moment with Donald Trump to try and get uh, sporting events back up and running again proper. So I think Vince McMahon throwing this out there during the conference call is a start towards that. I imagine that Vince will work along with other heads of sporting bodies uh, with arenas to change rent and prices and stuff in order to get people back through the doors. Uh, Vincent Mann was really happy with WrestleMania. Uh, he was really happy with the social interaction element of it, at the very least, and the network subscriber editions that came over that weekend, the highest in the company's history. Uh, there was a Q&A at the end of the conference call as well, and uh, a lot of stuff was asked about the pandemic and such like that. Regards to filming during the pandemic, Vincent Mann has said... They have several states ready as backup, ready to welcome WWE if Florida suddenly wasn't an option. You'd imagine a company the size of WWE would have more than just one place they could potentially go and work. When asked if they could film at full sale with a live audience, as long as that audience was practicing social distancing, Vince McMahon even admitted that he doesn't know what a live audience will mean anymore. Uh, and, and he says, if anyone knows how to do it in a safe and exciting way, it is us. Vince also added, they will likely be the first like they always are. Okay. I mean, AEW have been doing stuff with the wrestlers in the crowd, which I think added to some of the ambience somewhat. But we will uh, we'll see. Vince Vince is going to lead the way. Uh, so he says. Vince also has asked about soft ratings during the coronavirus pandemic and how to reverse this trend on Raw and SmackDown. So Raw in particular has had a really rough time ratings-wise. And I feel for Drew McIntyre because he is the WWE champion at a time where ratings are hitting new lows. And it's nothing to do with him. It's just the current situation. Uh, Vince says it goes to the product itself. It's a different feel completely. He also says um, that there are some key figures who aren't on TV, even referencing Brock Lesnar uh, and saying that the fact that he's not on TV is affecting the ratings. 
Okay. Uh, Vince also said they're figuring out ways to adjust in this new environment. And also, he celebrates the fact that Raw has seen a lot of new talent that people are only just getting to know. And it's true, we have seen a lot of new faces on Monday Night Raw. Guys at the Street Profits are getting loads and loads of extra time now. Uh, we saw on Raw this past week, a lot from Zelina Vega and Austin Theory and Andrade. It does feel like a fresh new group of people are getting an opportunity. Uh, when it comes to the deal with Saudi Arabia, uh, they have said in this Q&A session that Saudi Arabia are keen to get another WWE event this year, but they're not sure if they can get the all clear by November or even December. If we don't get another Saudi Arabia event this year, then per the contract that WWE have signed with Saudi Arabia, it will just be added on to the end. So whenever they're due to finish, they'll get an extra year and they'll get an extra show at the end, basically. Uh, OTT network partnerships were brought up in the question and answer session as well. Uh, Vincent Mann says that despite the tough times, a network deal with a streaming partner is close and a number of people are still keen to get WWE content. Uh, we're also looking at a free version of the WWE network landing in quarter four. So this will mean that they will have limited, uh, like, like a smaller setup for WWE fans who don't want to pay $9.99 a month, who can get just like a small selection of like the latest Raws and Smackdowns and what have you. Uh, at the end of this meeting, WWE stock closed at $39.07. But after hours trading appeared to look pretty well upon some of the stuff that was being ingested uh, in this report and it increased to $42.50 at time of reporting. Thank you to Dave Meltzer for some of those facts and figures. So that's the quarter one breakdown for WWE. I feel like uh, a lot of things were addressed. Nothing was addressed regarding XFL though. I feel like that is a a separate discussion that Vince McMahon will be having with other people, but it certainly didn't come up in the quarterly report. I'm going to take that marker, bring it to your grandmother's nursing home and cross out parts of her chart so when the nurse goes to give her turndown service, she won't know to flip her over. That's right. I'm going to give your grandmother bed sores. What is wrong with you? One thing that was confirmed during the quarterly report as well is the fate of WWE 2K21. So 2K20, which you heard a little clip of just then, wasn't favorably received by video game fans around the world. It was a bit of a PR nightmare for WWE was this game. Uh, felt very rushed, felt very glitchy, uh, was not the high quality that WWE games uh, pride themselves on being. Uh, so Frank A. Riddick III, who is the interim chief financial officer at the WWE, confirmed that there will be no 2K21. So WWE will not get a wrestling simulation game this year. This is the first time since, I think, 96 or 97 that we haven't had an annual WWE video game. In terms of like the significance of this, to an extent, this is like FIFA missing a year. This is like Pro Evolution Soccer missing a year. But you know what? It's not a bad thing. It was, the game itself was so, was so badly received that taking an extra year to figure out all the glitches and the, and the bumps and the botches within the game, I think he'll do it well. Uh, Justin Leaper is a former writer for Raw and the Raw versus SmackDown games. 
He mentioned earlier this month that this announcement was coming. He also cited uh, another announcement, which has been confirmed by 2K, that there could be another wrestling game on the way. Uh, 2K have said that there will be some exciting news regarding the future of the 2K franchise on Monday. Now, the rumor and innuendo on this is that there will be a WWE game this year, but it won't be a simulation game. So the schools of thought on this, uh, as I said in the, in the news video on the YouTube channel this morning, we could be looking at either a wrestling simulation game a la Football Manager, where you run a wrestling promotion, a bit like uh, Extreme Warfare Revenge and, and Total Extreme Warfare, uh, those wrestling sim games. There's a new TW, I think, out this month. Uh, or possibly the WWE brand being associated with another genre, a la WWE Crush Hour on the PlayStation 2, where all the wrestlers drove cars. I have a horrible feeling that the latter is more likely. But it's a it's a tough one. I think this is a really bitter pill to swallow for 2K, but I think this is the right thing to do. I'm a fan of the 2K games. I have been for many years. I was playing 2K19 like literally three days ago. And I love playing that game. I find it it's one of the it's a fun sports entertainment simulation. And I played 2K20 when it came out and I wasn't a fan. It just felt Un unfinished clunky and it made me a bit sad like so i went back to 2k19 and i'll have to make do with my creator wrestler keith lee before i can play as the actual keith lee very soon dynamite have taken back the ratings win wednesday's aew averaged 731,000 viewers up 7% on last week. NXT, on the other hand, averaging 665,000 viewers, which is down 4%. Uh, in the in the 50-plus demo, NXT uh, still kicking it, still winning in the over 50s. But in the one that counts, the 18 to 49, once again belongs to Dynamite. Triple H was on After the Bell with Corey Graves, asked, answering the question, will WrestleMania go two nights in the future. Triple H said the following, my opinion is my opinion, but I think it was very much more enjoyable than the eight hour extravaganza we'd normally get. I think at some point, this is probably what it should be. It started out as a concert that ended up as a festival. I think the big main stage attraction needs to be those two nights and it'd be this weekend of events. I know there's been people saying that for a period of time, but that's a major shift and it doesn't come easy. Update on AEW's plans on television. It looks as if AEW are going to go back to live programming in a few weeks. This comes from Dave Meltzer in the Wrestling Observer. Uh, they'll be free to return to Daly's Place in Jacksonville. They could possibly have a live episode of Dynamite on the 6th of May. Uh, the plan going forward, now that the TNT title tournament has been concluded at least it's been taped we haven't seen the finals yet the plan is once they get back into daily's place they can start the build towards double or nothing whether or not this will be weekly live shows or a bulk of live shows we will find out i'm kind of hoping that it's just film a bulk of them and let all the wrestlers go home learn to make banana bread and play tiktoks a lot of wrestlers have been speaking out uh, about last week's layoffs, and the latest to do so is Diana Perrazzo, a uh, former NXT star, the virtuoso, uh, has said that she was unhappy with her time in WWE. Uh, she was on French wrestling podcast Le Antipodes de la Lutte, 
hope I pronounced that right. Uh, thank you to Post Wrestling for the transcription. Uh, she says, I didn't know that it was coming, and last Wednesday we had a company-wide app that Vincent Mann had put a video on for all of us to watch. And it talks about people being furloughed, people being fired, and pay cuts. So it's kind of all happened very fast. No one really expected it. And then as soon as we all watched the video, we clicked over to Twitter, and it was name after name after name being released. I had a gut feeling like, I'm going to get a call today. For the last six months, I've talked to so many people in the office in NXT about not being happy, not being utilised properly, wanting to be booked more and do more. I just had a lot of pushback from it. And speaking up for myself was looked upon negatively. It was about a month ago that I had a conversation with the Senior Director of Talent Development and I said, if I'm not going to get ahead of this and I'm not going to change people's minds about me, then I don't want to be here anymore. So when he called me last Wednesday and he said, your name was on the list, I think this is something you'll be happy about and that you wanted, I said 100% absolutely. So with that said, as unexpected as it was, just kind of in my heart knew this would happen and I'm looking forward to being back on the indies actually wrestling the way I want to wrestle. She also spoke to Sports Heda and talked a little bit about plans that she wants, things that she wants to do going forward. She talks about her friendship with Britt Baker and how she'd love to do stuff with AEW. She'd love to work with Kylie Ray and Tessa Blanchard in Impact Wrestling. She says she has eyes on going to Australia and Japan and England and she ends it all by saying, basically, I just want a chance to say, screw you, WWE. Uh, the Virtuoso has such a strong upside. I think that whatever she does next, it will be a screw you to WWE. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Yes! And 
update, kinda, on the Hulk Hogan biopic. We talked about this ages ago. So there's been a script floating around for months and months and months and months and months of a Hulk Hogan movie, all about the life and times of Terry Bollea. And it's back in circulation once again. And Chris Hemsworth will play the starring role of Hulk Hogan. And uh, Todd Phillips and Eric Bischoff are now attached to this project. And they are rewriting it as we speak. And during an interview with Screen Rant, whilst promoting his movie Extraction, Chris Hemsworth was actually asked how the Hulk Hogan project is going. And this is what he said. You're going to do the biopic of Hulk Hogan. Um, how has that been going? And what part of Hulk Hogan's personality are you most excited for fans to see that they may not know about? Look, I, I haven't read a script yet. Okay. Um, I, I, I know uh, it's being written now and worked on, and um, I, I know it's, I know very little about that. You know, it's it's, it's been, yeah, it's sort of in the in the process now, and you know, I'm just fascinated by that world, and I think they're pretty keen to show a side of the world that people haven't seen before, and um, it'll it'll be I'm as intrigued as you are. You know, Hemsworth as Hogan. Can we buy that? I think we can buy that. I'll be very intrigued by that. That'll do it for your Cultaholic Wrestling News for Friday on the YouTube channel over the weekend. A brand new tier list. Myself and Ross Tweddle ranked the Money in the Bank cash-ins. Some of our favourites in there, and we talk extensively about all of them and put them into a lovely, lovely list. And me and Ross will be doing that over the weekend. Plus, on the podcast feed, a brand new episode of the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review. It is a watch-along special. Myself, Justin Henry, and Matthew Gregg are providing commentary for SummerSlam 1994. This is the show that featured Undertaker versus Undertaker and lots of other stuff as well. I am excited for you to hear it. I will speak to you next week. There's no podcast on Monday. I'm not here Monday, but there'll be a podcast on Tuesday. I'll be here Tuesday, so I'll speak to you on Tuesday. Don't forget to join us. Love you, bye. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.